Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. This past year, I just want to say, I have like struggled so much in my walk with God. And I've been like at points like so many kids are like running to the altar and they're like, God, I got to get my life right. You know, and they, maybe they're struggling with drugs or pornography um, or, you know, homosexuality or whatever it may be. And I'm going to be honest, I was running to the altar this year because I, I didn't know how to stop praying. And that's not a brag. Believe me. I wish I knew how. Like, and over, over the course of this past year, I, I lost this joy and this freedom in my walk with Jesus. And I needed to, if you know me, this caused me to stop enjoy being with people. And I'm kind of a people person. Like, I'm just saying, stating the facts, I like people. And throughout all this, not being able to enjoy this and the joy and the freedom that was robbed from me, I needed to come and encounter the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God's grace is enough. And Paul, he writes about God's grace in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. And he writes to the Corinthian church, which has rejected Paul in the past. Um, now they're questioning Paul's spiritual authority, possibly because, uh, you know, they're saying, well, he's not a super apostle. He's not as good of a speaker as some of these people. And now they're dealing with crazy sin, crazy legalism. Some of that was moral sin and legalism, like they're under the false teachers, and they're like, well, we have to get circumcised. It's snip-snip time, guys. And all, my dad told me to say that joke. Um, so, sorry. Uh, okay. Anyways, um, and instead of boasting about the fact that Paul has literally seen heaven, like the glory of Jesus in the holy throne room, he instead comes to the Corinthian church and he's going to boast about his weakness. This thing that he says in verse 7 um, of 2 Corinthians 12 verses 8 through 10, it's called a thorn in his flesh, a messenger from Satan sent to torment him. Torment, which keeps him from becoming conceited or proud of himself. It brings him chronic, agonizing pain. And he says this about God's grace in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Um, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, 
then I am strong. So this definition, the grace of God that he's talking about is uh, the Greek word charis is used here. And it's used as grace is a gift or blessing brought to a man by Jesus Christ. And it's favor, gratitude, thanks, a favor, kindness. The core idea here is the extension towards us. So just to paraphrase, thinking of Jesus extends his favor towards you. Grace, paraphrasing, is a free gift from the Lord extending his undeserved favor and kindness towards undeserving people like us. And it's his power at work in us just like this. So he has his power at work in us. And my little sister, Glory, if you know her, she's like five years old. She's like, yay, hi. And uh, she wanted to do a pull-up on the monkey bars. And so I'm, you know, she's there. And then she's like, you know, maybe, maybe like barely to an L shape. And then she's like, you know, she's trying to get up. And so I just lift her up over the bar. And that's what God's grace is like. God's grace in his undeserving favor and kindness and because his heart is moved for his children, he sees your efforts that really can't, it, it can't do the job. It can't give him glory. It can't produce kingdom results. But his grace and his favor and kindness lifts us up over the bar. Just like my heart was moved for glory, a father's heart is moved towards his children. And God's heart's moved towards you. And theologians, you know, they say that Paul, he probably had a chronic physical pain. Um, whatever, some people disagree, but this thorn was not, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't just some sort of mental thing. More than likely, it was physical. Whether some people say it was epilepsy, partial blindness, Whatever it was, we know that it was chronic and it was agonizing and it tormented him. And the truth is, there's no fully sure way to know exactly what it was. Just the best theologians say it's, it's probably physical pain that's constantly happening. And Paul has had this thorn for 14 years. And if, if you're struggling in this moment, this is going to be encouraging for you because imagine how much, how much torrent, tormenting this pain was for Paul and he's seen heaven. How much assurance of his salvation, how much faith does he have in God and in his love and in his grace and his forgiveness in knowing God will draw him to repentance in his loving kindness, having seemingly mountain-sized faith in God and assurance of his salvation and yet he's still three times after seeing heaven's glory and God says, God, like, let this leave me. This is painful. I don't want it anymore. Please take this away. And what did, and what did God say? He said, my grace is sufficient. It's enough for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And, and so then that goes on two more times. God, let this leave me. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Again, and he, and he says it, and then again, my God, God's like, my grace is enough. 
and, and so Paul is literally, he's seen the dead raised. He's seen the resurrection power of Christ. He has literally seen somebody possibly fall off a roof while he's preaching because he may have been preaching so bad. The guy dies and then he prays over him, sees him raised to life. And so I don't know what it must be like to ask God who you've literally seen somebody you're preaching to die during your own sermon. And then God's like, I'm not going to heal you on earth. That would be really discouraging, by the way, at first. Then, then it gets encouraging. Um, but isn't it encouraging to know that one of the heroes of the faith found himself in a place where we often do, where we're pleading with God, and we're like, Holy Spirit, like, I don't know what to do here. Can you take this pain? You don't know where, God, you know, we're like, God, you don't know where I'm at. And my friend said, you know, there's a verse, and he talks about God to the Israelites. I've carried you like a father carries his children. And God is just saying, my grace is enough. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And not only that, but... It, he sees you, and some of us have believed the heresy that God's grace is not enough. And, and I just want you to be encouraged today because grace is not just forgiveness of sins as we thought it was just forgiveness of sins. God's grace doesn't stop at salvation. It's just getting started in your life. Y'all ain't getting this. Um, and I want to touch on salvation just because some of us, myself included, over and over and over again, and I believe that we will have to keep learning this over and over and over again as saved by grace through faith. The whole point of the gospel, you need to know that you're saved by grace. You keep living by grace, and then you're running your race of faith by the grace, and you will finish by that grace. And that is the whole point of the gospel, of the good news that Jesus Christ came, and that we weren't enough to pay our debt. So Jesus came down, then he died on the cross to pay our unpayable debt of eternal condemning sin. And then he shed his blood and body, rolled the tombstone away, said it is finished. And that means for all time and for those who believe in him as the Lord and the Savior of their life and of the world, you can be saved by grace alone. Paul said in Ephesians 2.8, he wrote to the Ephesians church and he said this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. God saved you, not yourself. And you can't take credit for this. I just love that, you can't. Even if you tried, you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. And so Jesus' grace saved you. And his life and the work on the cross fulfilling the 10 commandments paying for all your sin, for all your time, is your salvation. You are saved by grace through faith. Jesus said in John chapter 19, verse 30, after he had taken that cup of wrath, he said, it is, does anybody know it? Finished. It's done. And 
if you're, if you're thinking, you know, my, my works, if I stay faithful enough, it's not about your faithfulness that saves you. We are supposed to stay faithful, but it's God's grace that keeps us faithful. And if you're trying to like by your works get to a point spiritually or or be saved enough, then you need to realize my dad says this, one it is finished and it's time we start believing it. And every time we're elevating our own righteousness, Isaiah said our own righteousness is as filthy rags and we're minimizing the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, our King and our Savior. That salvation is firm and secure. Titus 3, 5. No further work needs to be done, nor can it be done. You're saved by grace through faith alone. In BibleReference.com, I love this so much. It points out the fact that when God says to Paul, his power is made perfect in weakness, that word for, for perfected is the same root word for when Jesus said it is finished. So perfected in this verse, power made perfect in weakness, and the tie between the same root word for finished in John 19.30, uh, it, it literally means Jesus finishes the work. He's the one who fulfills it. He's the one who concludes it. He's the one who accomplishes it. We're still working, but at the end of the day, he lifts us up over the bar. It's God's grace, and it's enough. And so when Christ tells Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness, he's saying the ex his grace, the extension of his undeserved favor and kindness is enough, and his power is achieving the work in our weakness, whatever that may be, and it's causing us to be dependent wholly on him and on his grace and on his character and on his holiness and on the sovereign grace of God. God. BibleRefs.com states the focus is on something being achieved, not having flaws removed. And I want to ask all of us today um, <laughs> do you believe that His grace is enough? Some of us, we're striving spiritually and we're, you know, whether that be some sort of like OCD and you're like trying to praise enough and pray enough like I was, um, or you're like, I just want to be enough, God. I just want to be enough for the salvation. I just want to be enough for the calling. I just want to be enough for the job, for the promotion, etc. You need to know you are not enough. <laughs> and we've inverted it. And we, we've, we've inverted it and we're like, well, I'm enough because of God's grace. It is the other way around. It is God's grace is enough. Therefore, I get to be. Because when we step into it, he washes us with the grace and he washes us with his blood. And we step into that and his grace keeps working and he keeps lifting us up and bringing us back down. It's not our efforts. It's all the work that our father is doing in heaven, seeing us because his heart is moved for his children children and his power is made perfect in weakness and lifts us up over the bar paul made this point we are we're so weak 
We're so not enough. But his grace is enough, which makes us enough. And if you're striving spiritually today, and, and you know, you're like, God, I want you to take away the mental illness that's going on in my head. I want you to take away the wrestling. I want you to take away the, the hurt and the loss of a loved one. Or, or just, just something is like stabbing you and it feels tormenting and you can't get rid of it. And you're like, God, take it away. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. He's saying, my grace is enough. Whether until you're healed on earth or you're healed in heaven, when the Lord revealed this to me, guys, I got to walk in joy again. I began to walk in freedom again. I began to enjoy being with people again. And it was such a moment of breakthrough, not for the sake of breakthrough, but because of the grace of God to give glory to Jesus, to enlighten my life so that now I can spread the good news so that I can know Jesus more and make him known more. And that is the grace of God that, one, your salvation doesn't depend on you. And two, even if you thought it did, it never will. It's always dependent on his grace. And two, if you're trying to get rid of something and you're trying to get to a point spiritually, you're trying to get to a point where you don't feel the pain, I want you to know that God says in his word, my grace is enough. So, If you're at that point and you're striving spiritually, maybe you're walking under condemnation or whatever it is, I want us to walk in that joy, in that freedom, that his grace is enough, that you can walk in that freedom, that he's the one who picks you up and lifts you up over the bar. And you could trust him. So I'm going to hand it off to my dad now. (laughs) Thank you all. Wow. So good, Nate. He's way smarter than I was at his age, for sure, (laughs) by a long shot. Some of you probably like, maybe he is now. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe, for sure, when it comes to school. So, So for the graduates especially, this is for you. You need two things in life. I mean, it's one thing under the banner of Jesus. But under the banner of Jesus, you need two things. You need God's grace which is his forgiveness and his power over your life, but also grace is the empowerment to live for him. It's both and, not either or. It's not just salvation, but it's the ability to walk out salvation. But the other thing you need is grace and truth. You have to have truth. Truth is the knowledge of an absolute, of something immovable, of this is certain, whether everybody believes it or nobody does, it's real. For example, a law of science, okay, science has a lot of theories. Evolution is still a theory because it is not provable. Anybody says it's fact, it is not because it cannot be proven. Scientific Method is one, develop a hypothesis. Two, anybody? 
Hmm? Nope. Nope. Observe. You have to observe something before you can experiment on it. So develop a hypothesis, then observe it. You can't observe evolution. It is impossible. You can try and measure. You cannot observe it over a life because nobody lives that long. It's literally impossible. But one of the laws of science developed by a believer, Sir Isaac Newton, is the law of gravity, right? I don't care how self-empowered you are, <laughs> how much you identify as non-gravitational, you're going to fall, <laughs> right? You are staying on the ground. That is just a fact. Why? Because it's a truth, and it's an absolute. Now, there are ways to defy it. For example, right, Jeremy can fly, but not on his own. <laughs> he needs things, and he would tell you gravity is an a is really in play, I imagine, when you're flying a plane, right? I, I think it's all kind of centered around gravity, right? Mastering it, not letting it maybe take over at any point. Working with it. It's this absolute. And now we are living, and especially if you're going to college, you're about to face an onslaught against you of a harassment against truth. This past week, I won't get into all the weeds of it, but this past week, I, I just posted something. Um, we, we believe the Bible. Now, do we love everybody where they're at? Yes, we do. Do we accept everything about you? Well, it depends on what you mean by that. Accept as you're welcome here and loved? Yes. Accept as we stamp of approval everything in your life all the time? No. And you don't do that with me either because that's not following Jesus. Okay, we approve of you and you being here. We don't approve. And I just posted the Bible verse, and it's, it's kind of speaking to the idea of a pride month. If you don't know, the Bible says pride's a sin. It's not a good thing. And just 1 Corinthians 13.1, love is not proud. That's not love. I, you can call it anything you want. I'm not saying you don't feel love, or I'm not, I'm not talking about any of that. But according to God's standard, not mine, not Brian's, not the church's, God's standard, love is not proud. Here's the thing, though. Jesus says in John 14, 7 or 6, put it on the screen there, guys, if you have it. 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I believe the Bible is 100% the Word of God because Jesus did, and Jesus is the way. He is the truth. We are now living in a time now, and I had some friends who I love very much, and I still love, and I don't think less of, but they're very woke. And all of them were in the church at some point. Very few of which, some of them jumped on that, attacked me, said awful things, mean things. And I, sometimes online, if I say something that offends people, I'm not one to take it down because unless I'm being a jerk, I'm not apologizing for truth. I'm, not, I'm also not going to defend and debate you 
because I found I'm probably not going to change your mind, and vice versa. But I'm like, you can come and talk to me anytime. But here's the thing. Here's what's happened with those people who they knew Jesus at some point. Now, some of them probably still feel like they do. But here's what happened. Nathan, I'm going to borrow you one, one, one last time. You're an intern. One more for like a few more, like one more hour, you know, and then every Sunday you're here. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, what Nathan just talked about, we're going to, this is a metaphor, okay? If I'm, if I'm God the Father, I'm not. This isn't a cult. Chill out. All right? If I'm, just in this, in this analogy, if I'm God the Father, just wrap that around yourself really good. Nathan just preached on grace, okay? And if I'm God the Father and we're in relationship, and ultimately getting to me means coming into eternity, right? Going to heaven, going home. And he is striving and straining to get to me and all that stuff, and he falls down. The truth is, the truth is, right, who's got him? That's what Nathan's preaching about. This is grace. The Father has us. It's his cord. It's wrapped around us. And it's pulling us towards him all the time, and he's the one who attached it to us. It's him. That's what grace is. That's what Nathan preached on. All right, now swap places. You're God the Father for a second. All right. And I'm the one, but here's what those people online did, who I love very much. They took grace, and they said, I reject it because I reject truth. You see see what's happening there? The grace of God didn't leave them. They rejected the grace of God by rejecting the truth of it. Truth is a standard we cannot abandon. For example, somebody, thanks, Nathan, you sit down. Frank Turk said this, and I thought it was so good. And I'm about done here. Worship team, you can come. Frank Turk said this. He said, there are people who say, there's no absolute truth. How do you respond to that? Is that true? Because if it is, then you're wrong. <laughs> I literally had some friends in high school, atheists or agnostics, said, well, there's no absolute truth. And I questioned them on that. Isn't that an absolute truth? Well, yeah, but just that one. <laughs> that was their response. I'm giving myself an out. We can't abandon truth. We can't leave it. But here's the better part. Truth isn't a principle. It's a person. Put it back on the screen, please, Jeff. And that person is Jesus Christ. He said, I and the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Somebody, there's a lot of people right now trying to, I just want to find my identity. And God approves of it. And I would tell you it's the other way around. Find Jesus, and you're going to find your identity. Find your identity and ask Jesus to approve it. You might have it backwards. He may not be in on it. Find Jesus. It's going to be good. It may not be easy, but it's good. Right? It gets... It doesn't always get easier. Jamie, if anybody's told you these are the best years of your life, one, they're wrong. Two, don't take a lot of advice from them. 
your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. Um, We don't get healthier usually as we get older. (laughs) Eventually, we cross a threshold. But beyond that, it gets better. It's so good. Even our worst things God uses, when we hold on, He is holding on to us, and we are moving towards Him. A couple weeks ago, we had the mom's panel. My mom was up here, and she shared, and she shared something that bothered her that was heavy on her. She doesn't know I'm going to do this, but I, I really feel prompted to say it. She said what made her sad is their marriage wasn't quite what they'd, she'd hoped for her kids to be able to model and see. And I understand that. I just want to speak to that, and it, but it's for everybody. See, I see it as, well, you held on. Neither one of you quit. You didn't bail when your friends did. You didn't. When people told you to, you didn't. You held on by the grace of God. It wasn't easy. It wasn't the most beautiful. It wasn't perfect. But you didn't quit. And that, to me, is a treasure. Saved my life. And it's probably saved my marriage more than once. What you see is failure. God used for success. And that's the life of the faithful. It's not a life without falling. It's a life without rejecting grace and truth. Proverbs says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. The grace of God gets us back up, gets us back up and pushes us onward and pulls us towards himself. The denial of truth is the rejection of grace. If I say there is no more sin, I have no need of God. I'm good without God. I don't need a lot of God. I don't need a lot of God. I got plenty of God. (laughs) No. it, it, It is an all or nothing thing. Do you want Jesus or don't you? I'm not asking you to figure and figure out your life and fix it and deny everything. and No. But I am saying that if you say yes to Jesus, you may be ending up denying some things in your life. But it'll be all right because you get Jesus, and it's way better. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10.